to the Weekly Summit, Sermon or Teaching. I'm glad you're here. Stay tuned. Here we go. I'm waiting for you to follow me. All right. I want to I want to play you a song on the piano. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. I want to preach to you today about being wired for praise and programmed to worship. Before I begin preaching from the Bible, I did a little research on music. And we have some musical people in this church, and I would guess that we're going to have some more. And I want to, I read kind of a technical book which appeals to me on music, and I want to give you some of the information that I learned. Are you ready? First of all, music is a mechanism that allows us to focus on praising God. It's a mechanism. Music is a mechanism. Now, when God designed us and created us, I want you to know that He wired us for music, which means we are wired for praise. Now, this is an interesting thing that I learned. I need, I need one volunteer up here who's got a big ear. Okay, come on up here, Johnny. Praise God. Hallelujah. There's our man. Let's give Brother Johnny a hand clap. When he gets older, he'll figure this out. It won't come up here. Hallelujah. Now, let's just face me. Now, let's take a look at Johnny's ear here, okay? Now, when I was playing that awesome song this morning, what was happening was that the, the sound was going into his ear, okay? Inside of his ear, there are some hairs, like on the top of his head. And when the sound comes in there, these hairs wiggle, okay? And then these hairs, after they're done wiggling, they are wired to the, now turn this way, to the back side of his brain, called the auditory cortex. Did you know that, Johnny? Praise God. And so, what's interesting about the auditory cortex is that when he hears an F flat, maybe I can get one of the ladies to help me. Uh, could you come on up here, uh, please, Sister Chapman, and play a couple of, of notes? When he hears, let's just say, an F sharp, which would be a, uh, an E flat, right? Louder. You hear that, Johnny? What's going on is those little hairs are wiggling, and what happens is that a certain portion of his auditory cortex, cortex is lighting up. Now hit another note, just hit a B. Now over here it's lighting up. Now hit a C. Now it's lighting up over here. Another one. Now it's lighting up over here. In fact, go through the whole scale. Through C, yeah. Now that's great. Let's give Sister Chapman a hand clap. Stay there. Don't, don't leave. I think I can use you some more. Thank you, Johnny. You did a good job. Praise God. You can be seated now. Amen. We're testing his ears out. What happens is that when a sound is made, every time Sister Chapman hit something on that keyboard, she was making a note. Everybody say a note. But a note, in technical terms, is really a frequency. How many of you have heard of frequencies? You use your radio, don't you? You tune it to a certain frequency. A frequency is a wave. And so a piano, on the left side of the piano, hits something low. The string in the piano, even though there's no strings in this electronic piano, the strings are fatter 
and they are tighter. And when she hits it, hit it real hard. When she hits it hard, you feel an energy come out of there, didn't you? Hit it harder yet. Now hit it lighter. So you'll notice that the string does not travel as far when she hits it light, but when she hits it hard, it travels a great distance. But you'll notice that no matter how hard she hits it, the frequency or the note, the tone, they all mean the same thing, is the same. Are you with me? Now your brain, stay there, has been wired by God to be able to differentiate these notes. Now, when you hear an octave, okay, so hit a C, somewhere a middle C, hit a high C, hit them both at the same time, hit them both real loud. They go together now, don't they? The wiring that's in you, your whole brain is used in hearing. And so you are doing mathematical computations in your brain, which science cannot understand how you're doing it, to determine that that there is what we would call an octave. An octave. Try it again. A little higher. Now do the octave. Dan, can you give us a little more volume on this thing? Here he comes. Let's give him a hand of praise. Woo! Isn't this fascinating stuff? Amen. It was for me. Did you know that the human being, when they hear sound, can hear from about 40 cycles to 20,000 cycles per second? And so most of us, when we hit in our middle 40s, any middle 40s people here or older, we can no longer hear from 15,000 to 20,000 cycles. And those of you who have iPods, most likely that will happen to you at age 22. Praise God. You will lose that, what they call the middle range of sound. Now, how many of you like Star Trek or those space shows? I do. I watch them all the time. But you'll notice that whenever you know those spaceships are out there in outer space, they make that sound, that roar. But did you know that that's a lie? There is no sound in space. It is completely quiet. And the reason is, is that there is no air in space. And so what happens on the piano string when it actually creates sound, when you hear my voice, is that the vibration of the string moves the air. And the air creates a wave, and the air wave is what comes into your ear, which causes the hair to wiggle, which then lights up your brain on a different part of your brain. Now, why is it that we like order in our music? Remember when I came up to play, you guys all laughed, didn't you? because it was clear that my music was out of order. Now, let's, let's think of a, of a melody for her to play. Come into his presence. Can you play that one? Come into... Can you play anything? To, grab one of the worship songs that we had today. Amen. Here they are. Now, right away, you are anticipating what's going to come next, aren't you? That is called a melody. So, play it again. to predict what's going to come next. Almighty God, my, I forget how it goes. What's the words? It's, it's, a, it's a hill song, right? So a melody, which you heard is a sequence of notes put into an order, causes you to predict the future. I'm just making you aware of it. Now you instinctively did that because of the way that God wired you. You instinctively knew that an octave went together. So, for example, we could tune this piano. Now just hit your middle C again. Let's say that that's at 1,000 hertz or 1,000 cycles, okay, pushing the air at 1,000. 
we could actually make the next note the C. Hit the next one. That D. Okay? So that D, okay, is in fact 6% higher than the note before it. Your brain can tell when that note is not completely on tone. Don't we have a thing here that makes that thing go wah? Hit the, that thing. Okay, go ahead and hit it. Now you notice that you were able to tell when that tone was not in tune. Because you're performing mathematics in your brain that no computer in this planet can do. Isn't that awesome how God has wired us? Just tell me, how did evolution do that? <laughs> how did it just randomly happen that you like octaves? Do a C and an octave above it. Oops. Give me one octave higher. And you guys know that it's both the same note, don't you? Did you know that when a man speaks, he speaks at about an octave of about 110 cycles or 110 hertz? But when a woman speaks, she speaks at an octave higher, 220. Isn't that fascinating how God has made us? Thank you, Sister Chapman. Amen. Let's give her a hand clap. Now, let me tell you a few other things about music. There are seven notes, right, in the scale of music. Do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do. Now, you know that I wasn't quite on key. But let's say that I did not warble my voice at all. Let's say that all I did was talk, like I was Sergeant Carter. Do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do. Now, the fact that I would warble my voice produces singing. Now, that's a key concept. Everybody say, praise the Lord. Isn't this, isn't this fascinating how these tones, the modulation of the tones, make us know the difference between singing and talking? Now, there are seven elements of music. The first one is loudness. Loudness is the strength or the energy of the wave. So remember I said that when she hit the key hard, the fat string made a, you know, a loud noise, but it was of the same pitch. Pitch and note are the same thing. So when she played that C, that was a pitch. Then when she played the D, it was a pitch higher, 6% higher. Then there is a thing called tempo. That is the speed of the notes, okay? Da, 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 do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti. You can, that tempo that's in there, the timing. You see all the mathematics that's going on in your head that God's put there? Then there's a thing called the timber spelled with the R-E instead of an E-R. Now, we're going to do this by asking Jeff to volunteer right now. Jeff, can you just come up here? And uh, I want you to say, look at everybody. Doesn't Jeff look good after he got the Holy Ghost? Praise God. Amen. He had it before, but he got refilled. Okay. He's going to say the word timber. 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 Thank you, Jeff. You did a really good job. Praise God. Now, you notice there was a difference in our voices, right? Now, let's say that he was a cello and I was a violin. We all know the difference in the voices, right? But they, have, they both can be playing the same note or the same pitch, but yet they're different. And so this is called timber. Timber is the difference between a horn and a guitar playing the same note. They have a different voice, but they're saying the same thing. Now, science cannot figure out what timber is. 
They do not understand why we hear timber differently between two instruments. Isn't that fascinating? So, let me just review again. The seven elements of music are loudness, pitch, tempo, and timber. That's number four. The next one is reverberation. Now, let me, let me demonstrate reverberation. Can you hear my voice? Can you hear my voice? Did you notice how the difference in space and how the voice was heard when it was amplified versus unamplified? This is called reverberation. Now, reverberation is how close we feel to the voice. Okay? How close we feel. Praise God. Amen. The next one is rhythm. This is the duration and the placement of the notes into units. For example, let me give an example of rhythm. This is for you folks that are over 40 again, and maybe 50. I'm going to sing. Ba, 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 baran. You all know that one, don't you? Ba, 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 baran. Now, did you know that I am singing the same pitch, but my rhythm is different? I did not know ba, 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 baran. Okay? Now, like we, when we teach kids to do the ABCs, they go A, B, C, D, E, F, G, elemental P. They think that's a letter now. The point is, is that the pitch stayed the same in Ba, Ba, Baran, but the rhythm or the sequence was different, right? Or, or it was different. That's what made it unique. And finally, there's a thing called contour. Now, let me, just, let me demonstrate contour to you. Do you know what you're doing? Do you know what you're doing? Now you notice the difference. And the only thing that changed was how I said doing. In doing, the pitch went up. The contour went up, which means a question. And when it goes down, it means an accusation. Now we have, been le we have learned that, to look for these, what they call cues. We have looked for audible cues for when we know what somebody is saying. Praise God. Now, you can take these seven elements of music and they can then become, they can be used in combination to create five higher orders. You know how the complicated can be made simple? So I gave you the seven elements. Now I'm going to make it complicated. All right? Here's the four orders. The first one is meter. Have you ever heard of meter? Meter in music? This is the difference between a waltz, which organizes the tones in groups of three, as opposed to a march, which organizes the tones in two and four. So you've all heard of waltz, right? And a march would be... So you notice that the way that those notes were organized into a complex structure created meter. Now, key is what they call the hierarchy of importance we have been taught to understand music. So when somebody is singing on key or off key, which we really are... That's called on tone or off tone. But a key represents an order of hierarchy. What's more important than something else? So, let me give you an example. When we hear birds chirping in the morning, what do we think? Happy, exactly. So, that is a higher order. However, when we hear a dog growling, okay, we, we do not... Okay, the order of the sounds, the hierarchy of them is called, again, it is called key. Then there's a thing called melody. Now, this is the thing that allowed you to recognize that song. The sequence of notes with all these things combined. And, and we knew that we were going to sing a hill song. That was a melody. Um, how about this melody? Things go better with 
Coca-Cola, things go. Or if I did it this way, name that tune. You ever played Name That Tune? That's a melody. You're naming the melody where it comes from. Your mind is designed to imprint those melodies. Okay? And they're related to how you remember things. And then finally, the last, the, the fourth uh, order, higher order of music is harmony. This is a really unique thing in that harmony is the relationship or distance between two or more things. So when two people harmonize, you know, you, we all know it when we hear it, right? They'll be singing not necessarily an octave higher, but maybe two notes higher. It always seems like it goes two or three notes, and when they sing together, we know that they are in harmony, right? Praise God. Now, we also know when they're not in harmony, like when I started playing in the beginning. So, I'm teaching today about the wire, that we're wired for praise and we're programmed for worship. Now, if, have you ever thought that if there was no air and there was no breath, there could be no praise. That's why the Bible says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. So, for men and women who are at different octaves, we need to make a sound that is pleasing unto God. Brother Chapman, would you play my CD now? All these things are demonstrated in this CD. I think he was sleeping back there. I'm not sure. Turn it up.
Now, did you notice the difference in your mood during each of those four songs? Amen. Did you notice that the music was able to take you to an emotional place? We have been designed by God for praise and for worship. And I just proved it to you today that you are wired for praise. Now, there's a reason why God wants praise. Now, let's go to the Bible in Exodus chapter 34 after we had fun this morning. And then we're going to worship God. Hallelujah. The Bible says, For thou shalt worship no other God, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. And this word worship means to prostrate yourself. And that God wants man to worship him in a prostrated position. Meaning, he is God, we are man. It is the knowledge and understanding that he is great and we are not God. We are dependent on him. Praise God. Now also, it says that the Lord's name is jealous. And of course, the word for name is Shem, which means that it is a mark or a memorial. You'll notice that whenever that you hear a tune and name that tune, you can instantly recall. Amen? So, a name, a Shem, is a mark of memorial. Now, we notice that God is jealous. And that word jealous means he gets angry. He gets angry when there is correct worship. It means that God moves when there is correct worship. When God's name is worshipped, the air, the breath, the spirit begins to move. You get the connection. That when we are in the proper tone, when we are in one accord, when we are in the unity of worship and praise, and that is in relationship to each other. Now notice that his voice was different than mine. It had a different pitch. But yet we were both saying, praise the Lord. And when we are in unity with one to another in the proper order, that what we are doing is we are giving God that kind of praise that makes him jealous for his name. What you will find out that whenever God's people are humble, when they are meek, when they are lowly, there is no strife in the church. When people contend for their individual differences, it's because pride has risen up like it did in Lucifer in the heaven when he fell. Now praise God that when his church is loving each other, when we are loving each other, when we are humble enough, we have a unity, we are in one accord, and God's praise brings power. If you want more power in your life, then you have got to be in unity with me and you have got to be in, in an attitude of forgiveness and submission with me. If you don't forgive me, our praise will have discord. You'll sound like I started a system here. There has to be forgiveness. There has to be love. There can't be contention for individual differences. There can be no gossip. There can be no gossip because it's out of our mouths what defiles us. And I'll tell you what gossip is. Talking about things in front of people you shouldn't be talking in front of them about. It's okay to go home and talk about them in front of the mirror, but don't be talking about them in front of other people. Hallelujah. You want to talk about President Carter, do it at home with your husband. But don't be trashing President Carter at a fellowship. Hallelujah. It doesn't belong there. 
we have to be in one accord and we've got to praise God the way He wants to be praised. Hallelujah. Whoa. Thank you, Jesus. Job 38, verse 4. I want you to realize that the image of God and the glory of God are related to our praise. Now, this is an interesting thing. Job 38, verse 4, God says, Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? He's talking about our power, which is small. Declare if you have understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof, if you know? Or who, who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon the foundations thereof were fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? Good questions, God. I didn't do it. You did. Verse 7. When the morning stars, or the angels, sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. I want you to know that the King James translated that word sang, but the angels, contrary to popular opinion, do not sing. It says sang there, but if you get in to look at the word, what you're going to find out is that it means to creak, to make a monotone, stridulous, harsh sound. Now, you notice that you notice the difference that when I was talking, when I did do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do, or when I went do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do, you noticed the difference, didn't you? My pitch changed in both circumstances. But in the first case, I was singing. But in the second case, I was creaking. Angels do not sing. Pastor D, what about when the angels broke forth when the shepherds were there on the campfire singing, Glory to God in the highest. Right? Handel's Messiah. If you will check out that scripture in Luke, Luke chapter 4, you will find out that they spoke, they did not sing. Are you interested yet? Hallelujah. Praise God. There's something here a little bit deeper. I want you to stick with me. Now you'll notice that the angels, not only did they creak or speak in a different tone, they did not sing, but it also says they shouted for joy. Whenever you go to the book of Revelation and the angels are there, you will hear shouting. Shouting. How do you shout? Hey, you! You ever heard a shout? Hey, hey, hey! Ha! How about when the Packers score? Yeah! Come on, let's shout right now. Yeah! Now that's not singing, is it? That's shouting. That's what's going on in heaven. Is shouting. You've heard that song, Shout with the voice of try. I'm a bad singer. I should have Brother Jeff come up here and do all this. I want you to tell... That's singing. That is not shouting. The angels do not sing. Hallelujah. Praise God. They shout for joy. And that means to be triumphant, loud. And whenever you see the word shout, the word loud is always employed. Amen? Now, I, I like the people that come into the, some of these churches. You know, it was a, it's a little bit quiet in here right now. Not enough shouting for my taste. But if you go to some churches, you can hear a pin drop. You know, I don't know why. No angels in that church. No angels in that church. That's why you're hearing the pins drop. Amen. I want you to know that they are here with us today. You may not see them. 
but they are here. Because when you hear yourself shout with a voice of triumph, when that preacher starts hollering loud, there's some angel in the church that's given him the ability, the anointing, the, 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 the message is coming out that way. Praise God. The angels shout for joy. Now, we're going to find out what the word sing is. We're going to go to Exodus 15, 1-4. through 4. I read this last week. Now, you will find various songs of victory in the Bible. Exodus 15 is the song of Pharaoh's defeat. You will find Hannah singing a song. You will find them singing a song when Deborah and Barak overcome the Amalekites. You will find wherever there is a victory, there is singing. And the only place that we ever hear Jesus singing is in the Garden of Gethsemane the night before he's crucified. Hallelujah. Now there's a reason for that. Hallelujah. Amen. Here we go. Then sang Moses, and that word sang means Shirah. And the children of Israel, this song unto the Lord. And they spoke, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. That word song means shira. They are singing with a shior. It means to sing while you're walking. That's what it means. I'm singing in the rain. They are singing for one purpose and one purpose only. So they remember the victories of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now that's one reason for singing. Now, I would like to take you to the book of Psalm 108, verse 1. Psalm 108, verse 1 says, A song, which is a psalm, of David. Oh God, my heart is fixed. In other words, when he says my heart is fixed, it's determined that I will sing, and singing is always related to giving God praise, even with my glory. When you are singing to God, you are giving Him your glory. Your glory. Now remember, God is a jealous God, right? Amen? So when we sing to God, we give Him glory. We give Him our glory. Now, if you go to... Isaiah 42.8 And my glory means what has the most valuable worth in me. The most honorable part of a man. Hallelujah. Our glory is our instrument of praise. That's what it is. Now let's go to Isaiah 42. I need to lay this groundwork here for you. Isaiah 42 verse 8 Now you've got to understand is that when, when you ever park a car next to you ever park your car in a shopping center and you're afraid somebody's going to steal it? You're not afraid of that? You ever been in a town and you're afraid somebody will steal your car? I have been. So I always park next to a nicer car. And I figure, <laughs> they're going to steal one. They won't take my beater. They're going to take this guy's car here, right? Amen. There are concepts in the Scripture that are next to each other for a reason. And this is one of those places. Isaiah 42 and verse 8. God says, and this is His Old Testament name, I am the Lord, or Yahweh. That is my Shem, my name. My glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. Now I want you to know something. God does not sing either. Except through the man Jesus Christ. In heaven, amen, they shout. They have a voice like trumpets. And that timber of the trumpets 
is a fearful sound. But only humans sing. And that when we are singing, we are giving God glory. We are giving our glory, which becomes His glory. You get it? And He says, My glory will I not give to another. Neither my praise to graven images. We are designed to praise and worship. And when we are singing, play that funky music, white boy, we are not given praise and glory to our Creator. Or how about this one? Oh, I'm not singing that one. That one's way, way too far. But you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about who we give our glory to. I've noticed that there are usually singers that, that the enemy, you know, Satan did not have a, you know, we've all said that Satan was God's singer. If you look in this scripture, it says that his pipes are his, it means the word sockets. Other translations use the word sockets. It's what you hook into. But that his voice was like the voice of a trumpet. The angels' voices are the voice of trumpets. When we go to the book of Revelation, we see how many trumpets? Seven. Seven trumpets. Right? When God comes down on the mountaintop at Sinai, the people are afraid because it's the voice as of a what? A trumpet. Are you with me? Now this is, this is going to come back to us. I'm pointing these things out. But you'll notice here that God will not give His glory, our praise, to anybody else. In fact, God does not praise anybody else. Who does He got to praise? And He doesn't sing. Now, look what He says. Behold, the former things are come to pass. New things do I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Sing unto the Lord a new song and His praise from the end of the earth. Ye that go down to the sea and all that is therein, the isles and the inhabitants thereof. Now, look what He says down here in verse 13. The Lord shall go forth as a mighty man. He shall stir up jealousy like a man of war. He shall cry, yea, roar. He shall prevail against his enemies. Our worship, our praise, involves God's jealousy in our problems. This is a key concept. Now listen, you may have a problem that comes to you in your life. You may have a problem, but you own that problem as long as you are robbing God of His glory. I hope you're getting this. You see, your praise and your worship, when you give it to God, it becomes His glory, and now He becomes involved in your problem. And when He gets involved in your problem, He roars. He comes like a mighty force. When He shows up, he knocks all the bowling pins down. And if you've got a problem in your life, like Paul and Silas did in that prison, their feet were locked in, in the stocks. They had made a mistake and cast out the wrong devil. Instead of using the asserting of spirits, they used the working of miracles. And they found themselves in jail. And when people don't give God His glory, He's not involved in their problem. Let's lift our hands to the Lord and give Him some glory right now. We praise You, O God. We praise You, O Lord. We, we glorify Your mighty name. Hallelujah. Come on, everything that has breath. You've got to stir the wind. You've got to shout with a voice of triumph. You've got, to put some, you've got to put some loudness on it. Come on, you've got to put some timber on it. Hallelujah. Praise God. You've got to give Him a pitch that He can hear. 
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And when God hears the praises that belong to Him, His glory is never given to another. His jealousy is revealed that this is what's valuable to Him. This is His praise. This is His glory. And if you're going to go down and rob one of God's children from praising Him, I'm telling you the solution to our problem. This is why it works. God doesn't sing, but our songs to Him is His glory. And He's jealous for that glory. And when He's jealous, He gets involved. Now there's, we get a lot of persecution from, from people on the outside of this church, don't we? Because there's persecution for His namesake. There's persecution for all those that would live godly. There's persecution. You will get persecution if you're living right or if you get baptized in Jesus' name. They'll say you're in a cult. They'll say that you're a nut. They'll say that you're not in truth. You're not in truth. When, hey, three equals one. Does that sound true to you? Praise God. You talk about a lie. This is what I got to say. Is that when they start persecuting you and when they start to intimidate you and tell you that you're going to end up in court or you're going to end up losing something, it's time to put your praiser on. It's time to give God the glory. It's time to shout with a voice of triumph. It's time to sing unto the Lord the new song. Hallelujah. You want somebody saved? It's time to start praising God. You want to be healed? It's time to start praising God. I'm telling you, this is the way that God wants it. Hallelujah. Well, I don't know about that, Pastor D. When I get to heaven, we're all going to be playing harps. Amen. Praise God. That's true. A lot of people will be playing harps. Praise God. But they're going to be playing the banjo. They're going to be playing the rock acid guitar. They're going to be beating on the drum. They're going to be hitting the cymbals. They're going to be hitting the hi-hats. They're going to be doing the little synthesizer up there. Anything that has breath is going to be praising the Lord. Praise God. Amen. And God loves those harpists too. All those harpists. Groucho, all those harpos. Praise God. Nahum chapter 1. This is a book we don't often read. The Burden of Nineveh, Nahum 1.1. Man, i got a lot of good scriptures today. Praise God. I should have stayed home and just studied them myself. Praise God. Nahum 1.1 says, The book of the vision of Nahum the, the El Elkornite. Verse 2. God is jealous, and the Lord of revenge, the Lord revenges and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on His adversaries and He reserves wrath for His enemies. Even though the Lord is slow to anger, great in power, and will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord hath His way in the whirlwind, in the storm, in the clouds, or the dust of His feet. When men will sing with thanksgiving to give God glory, and the angels shout with joy, there's a mighty force going to be cut loose. It's going to be unleashed. And now I want you to go to the book of First Chronicles chapter 15. The Bible says that the angels delivered the law to Moses. And what they heard was the voice of the trumpet on the mountain. Amen? I just want you to know angels don't sing. Praise God. Praise God. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 14. It says, so the priest, this is David, is ordering worship in the temple. So the priests and the Levites sanctified themselves to bring up the ark of the Lord God to Israel. 
and the children of the Levites bore the ark of God upon their shoulders with the staves thereon. Moses commanded that according to the word of the Lord. Verse 16. Now that's worshiping in truth, isn't it? Now let's do the worship in spirit. And David spoke to the chief of the Levites to appoint their brethren to be what? Singers with instruments of music, psalteries, which is guitars, harps, and cymbals, sounding by lifting up the voice with joy. Amen. Praise God. What did we say that that thing was when it was going up? We said that was contour. Now let's go to Second Chronicles chapter 29. This is how Hezekiah restored worship. In Hezekiah, this is verse 25, 2 Chronicles 29, verse 25. And Hezekiah set the Levites in the house of the Lord with cymbals, with guitars, with harps, according to the commandment of David. We just read that, right? And Gad, the, pro the king's prophet, and Nathan the prophet, for so was the commandment of the Lord by his prophets. So Gad and Nathan are the ones who said, this is how worship needs to be ordered in the temple of Solomon. Right? Praise God. So, the Levites, who were not the priesthood, the priesthood were Levites, but the, the, but the Levites were not priests. Right? All of them were, not, were in the priest or the class of Aaron. So we got a division of two types of people. So we see that the Levites were to hit the cymbal, the drums, the guitar, and the harps, and they were to sing. But look what the priests were supposed to do. Verse 26 tells us, The Levites stood with the instruments of David, and the priests with the trumpets. With the trumpets. And Hezekiah commanded the, the burnt offering upon the altar, and when the burnt offering began, the song of the Lord began also with the trumpets and with the instruments ordained by David, king of Israel. And all the congregation worshipped, and the singers sang, and the trumpeters sounded, and all this continued until the burnt offering was finished. I'm talking about ordered worship. I'm talking that our role is to sing. Our role is to play the guitar. Our role is even to praise God in the dance. And it's the angel's job to praise Him with the trumpet. Now, Revelation 5 as our worship team comes forward. Revelation chapter 5. This is going to make more sense to you right now. Verse 1. And I saw in the right hand of Jesus that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. You see, there are some answers that are not going to come until there's proper worship. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice. You see that? Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And they could find nobody that was worthy except the Lamb in the throne. Verse 7, And he took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, verse 8, the four beasts, the 24 elders, which represents Old Testament worship, fell down, prostrated themselves before the Lamb, every one of them having harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book 
and to open the seals thereof. For you were slain, and you hast redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation. And you have also made us unto our God, kings and priests, we shall reign on earth. And I beheld, and I heard, this is in verse 11, the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beasts and the elders, the number of them was 100 million. Verse 12, and this is what these angels said, saying with a loud voice, same thing the 24 elders said, worthy is the Lamb. But you've got to remember, they are not singing. They are shouting it. They are shouting it. And verse 14 tells us that the four, and 28, four elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. And immediately in verse chapter 8, it says that in heaven there was silence after this worship for half an hour. You see, for there to be silence, that means there's nothing moving. The air is not moving. Chapter 8, verse 1 says there was silence for a half an hour. And then I saw seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Amen. Praise God. This is my last scripture. Psalm 2221, which is also found in Hebrews 2.12. You see, man is made in the image of God, right? Hallelujah. And the woman is the glory of the man. Praise God. My glory I give to my God. Amen? Hallelujah. I gave you women that so you can read that later this week and ask for understanding about that. Praise God. Psalm 22.21 says, Save me from the lion's mouth, for thou hast heard me from the horns of the unicorns. I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. I want you to know that whatever your problem is, is that if you will give God ordered worship, that means get your attitude right. It means get rid of all your offense. Repent of it. Reconcile with your brother. Be in one accord. And then all of us stood to our feet as we're doing it right now. Now we can praise our way out of this prison. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. Let's praise Him. In Jesus' name, we praise You, O Lord. We bless Your mighty name. We praise You, O God. We praise You, O Lord. We thank You, Jesus. Hallelujah. We praise You, O God. We bless Your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. All praise and glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. All praise and glory to God. We bless Your name, O Lord. We praise Your mighty God. Thank You, Jesus. We praise You, O God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Jesus. Hallelujah. We praise You, O Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm free. Listening to the weekly summit sermon or teaching. We meet weekly here in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. You can find us at http153online.com or visit us at our physical location at 1119 Superior Avenue, Sheboygan, Wisconsin. God bless you for listening.